It's your boy Rodney Perry King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. And today I have here with me a very, very special guest. And I'm so glad that you know we can figure this out. I'm so glad we are right here back at the lovely Peter Street station. Thankful to the people. Shout out to my boy Elijah. Make sure you check out the uh the episode that I first did here uh, with him. Allow me to reintroduce. Great conversation, timeless conversation, evergreen as hell. But today, I have here with me a special guest. I have here with me Izzy Jayasimi. 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 See, I was, I was <laughs> you, close. Yeah, you. I was close. I was trying to. Breaking it out. I was trying to shuffle it around. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But no, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I am a Georgia native. I was born and raised here. Um, traveled a lot when I was younger. Um, Settled in the West Side, I'm now living more in the city, but I am a licensed real estate agent and a certified yoga instructor. Mm. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yes, yes. So many, you know, the thing about Atlanta is really it's a, a city filled with uh, like slashes and, you know, like. Yes, everyone has a hyphen. Everybody's. Anyone everybody's. that you meet, we got a couple of hustles going on. We never just doing one thing. Like, if this on pause we got some hit and play over here and over there and over there yeah yeah got to, yeah. Got, to got to but no let's let's um before we get too deep into who you are what you do in this main conversation let's get into the twitter check-in okay okay all right so got my little thing <laughs> nah this is pretty sweet okay So, today's Twitter check-in is actually going to be a search. And, you know, because of the nature of the conversation, because you all, you know, are definitely a uh, connoisseur of, you know, breathing, relaxation, manifestation, using your energy, mind, body, and spirit to make the things happen. Let's see what the world is thinking about these things. Let's let's, see. You know what I'm saying? I'm curious. Yeah, let's search meditate. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Let's see what happens. Let's see how positive this is or how positive it is. And let's yeah, see. We'll see. We're we going to see, right? We're going to see. Okay. Um, first thing, from at the art of life, you don't need a pill. You need to meditate. You Period. Need to, you need to hit the gym. You need to walk in nature. You need to avoid fast food. You need to journal your thoughts. I like that. Positive right. already. Come they on. Right. They at right. art of life. Come on. Life. You know? Speak up. Let them know. Right? Then uh, at La Ariel Simone, just a day ago. <gasps> That's my friend. That's my girl. Oh, Ariel, if you see this, hey, girl. Come on, Ariel. Okay. Look at that. 
Who did that? Period. What she say? I know she said something good. Yes, she did. First four things to do in the morning that will change your life. Morning routines. Love morning routines. Y'all know we Gotta always have got morning one. routines. Gotta have one. Drink room temp water with lime and ginger. Movement stretch yoga for a light walk or a light walk. Eat colorfully. Yes. Have berries or smoothie with veggies. And 15 minutes of a deep work. Journal, meditate, pray, or affirmation work. Okay. That's my girl. I'm going to plug her real quick because she's all about wellness too. Um, she's all about journaling. She actually released a, like a journal slash calendar Ooh. that is all about setting your intentions. It has some journal prompts and she's all about like eating clean, eating colorful. When you eat colorfully, you feel colorful. Mm. That's my girl. Okay, period. She comes up when we search meditate. I like this. I like yeah, this Yeah, you like this? Like yeah, this you like this? This worked out for the best. And then uh, lastly, because uh, it's all, I feel like it's all positive. I'm glad. Gotta I love be. This. Gotta be. Because people be, you know, I love Twitter. And I think people, Twitter just is a, a very interesting place for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. But my side be pretty cool. We either laughing or we talking about random things. So lastly, at Corey Mascara. Okay. Don't meditate to find peace. Meditate to meet reality. By meeting reality, you'll develop clarity and acceptance. With clarity and acceptance, you'll soften the need to run from what is true. By softening the need to run, you'll find stillness. and stillness, there's peace. Wow. Okay, that was deep. Yeah, that's good. We appreciate that word. I'm going to retweet that one right now. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? That's a good one right there. That was a great one. That yeah. one left me speechless. You know, you know. But they we, teach you, teaching me some things. We, we getting right into it. You know, <laughs> we getting right into it. Setting the vibe off. Setting the vibe. Okay, Twitter. Okay, alignment. We love that. I love that. And that's a good sign. That Shout out to what is it, Ariel. Shout out that's to you. Not, shout out to you. That's a good, that's a good. But oh. shout out to Corey too. Yeah, that, that, was, was, that was, yeah, he in his bag. He knew how to use them on 140 characters. For I like real. that. He, he knew what to do with it. That you was know? intention. He, very much. That was very intention. much. He, he trying to get people going. Come on. So uh, let's talk about you. So, okay. you know, you already said you're a Georgia native. Are you from Atlanta or are you from another part, another particular city? I was born in Fulton County. Okay. Um, I went to school in Marietta. Okay. Um, and then. I commuted to Marietta from the west side. Okay. So I got a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, for yeah. sure. For sure. What has, uh, I guess, how has Atlanta, especially now, how has it really impacted your uh, overall creativity now? Ooh, I would have to say Atlanta has allowed me to really explore literally a little bit of everything. Mm. Um, I feel like when I came of age, um, like senior year of high school, when I kind of felt comfortable to start sightseeing and seeing things for myself. I started going out. Um, little did I know that people do not like going out by themselves. I encourage everyone to go out like by yourself. Like if a friend cancels on a movie date or like still go, like still go. But um, I just was able to explore different like pain and sits or um, like music festivals or just meet like an eclectic group of people. I always say I spent like a little portion of my life just kind of exploring different parts. So um, when I first started going out, it was obviously the West Side, but like, I don't know if you're familiar with the 675 Met when that was like the hipster art gallery situation. 
I was over there for a little bit. Um, and then I moved to like the little five points area and then I explored downtown. And mm. so I just kind of like moved all around the city, which I feel like one helped me kind of build the character that I have today in terms of like what I like and dislike. But it also challenged me to try things that I am sure one does not happen anywhere else in the country. But two also challenges like the norm of what you would do, like instead of going to a college party, I found yoga. Um, mm. I was able to be production assistants on different like projects. I loved it. Um, I worked at an art gallery. I managed a music studio. Like Atlanta has one thing I will say about Atlanta: it has never run out of opportunities for me. Like mm. I don't know anywhere else that I could go in America that has let me live like different lives all in this one life. Like I love Atlanta for that. I love that for you. Thank you. And I think that <laughs> to me and not, and not to even, you know, kind of create this juxtaposition all the time because I feel like I do, but I think it's something to be said. Uh, being from a small town, I think it's interesting because you don't realize what you're missing until you get out. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is that I think um, a lot of people the pride that people find in when they are from places that are metropolitans genuinely comes from that opportunity. I don't think they mm. always align it to see it that way, but it's like, that is what it is. The fact that you grew up in a situation where you were able to go and do this, do this, do this, do that, become an adult there, still see the place as home, yeah. not only because it was genuinely where you're from, but you see, you can still see yourself. Yeah. Like you found yourself and oh. wherever you were, and you can still see yourself there. It's because of the amount of opportunity that people are constantly kind of creating in those spaces and places. Yeah. And I think in smaller towns, because it's, so more it's way more slower moving and slower development you can outgrow it you might can come back and it may be you know more suitable to you the life that you possibly want but for a person who has a, a particular appetite for life you it really might take a long time yeah. you know <laughs> well i think like so the places like metropolis where they have so many different people and just the energy that people bring into it as well it ignites and kind of keeps the thing going come on now. you know because if uh, all these people weren't moving here, all these people weren't coming back home, all these people weren't, you know, creating whatever they were creating because they are prideful of where they are from, mm -hmm. would the place be even become what it became, you know? Um, I think that's every metropolitan, not even just Atlanta. I think everywhere where people have found so much success in those spaces and places where dreams are made of. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's what that is. I feel no. like it's genuinely like the opportunity that consistently is being powered in and powered out of the space. That's a good perspective. And I feel like you're right in terms of like coming, kind of looking from the outside and like being from a smaller town. Mm -hmm. Because it took me a while to even appreciate one, appreciate, but also recognize that there was so much opportunity here. Yeah. But one thing I can say that kind of speaks to what you were saying is I've never had the urge to be like, I, I this just ain't it no more. Like, I got to go somewhere else. Mm. Like, I love to travel. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I still want to go out and see the world. But in terms of like just living, I've just never... I've never had that urge. Mm. Like, I'm always just like, no, nah, nah, I'm close to the airport. <laughs> I, got, I got food. Um, I be working. Like, I don't, what do I need? What yeah. do I need? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a beautiful place to be. You know, I, 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 one thing that I kind of keep coming back to in my own kind of like journaling, speaking of journaling, is uh, the idea of belonging. Oof. And I think a lot of people don't think about it, but I think we opt into it unintentionally. 
but we also uh, opt into it uh, intentionally in a lot of times when it comes to us, you know, deciding to have a particular discipline, um, deciding to have a particular career path that is really opting into a sense of belonging. You're a part of that community. You're leaning in with so much of your your being, you know? Yeah. But also I see belonging from a context of a feeling of like knowing that this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, the idea of wanting to lay down roots in a particular place, buying a house and starting a family in a very specific location. Yeah. You have to feel comfortable there. You have yeah. to feel like you belong in this space and place. I'm ready to pay bills. I'm right. ready to buy a house <laughs> here. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just feels right. It feels good. When you start to kind of just accumulate those favorite places and spaces like no I got I got a guy for this I got my favorite this <laughs> right. I go here for that I you're, got my nail tech I got my wax specialist exactly. I got the people that do my hair you know once you find those things you, what's, what's the point what's the I point of leaving I'm, I can't go nowhere else. yeah like I, I gotta be here yeah and I think you need that <laughs> sense of belonging and really treat, uh, create a space um, that is peaceful to you for sure. You know, like peaceful, like peaceful at home. Like when you do go have to, if you have to travel for work or go away mm. often, you don't ever want to come home and there's like mess or more to clean up or more yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, or coming back to a place that you just don't even enjoy. It's like yeah. every time you have to travel for work or travel at any point in time, you enjoy being away more than you do coming home. And that's the See, worst feeling ever. Absolutely. And one thing I will say, now I love to travel. I love to be somewhere mm. new and explore, but... Touching down at Hartsville Jackson makes me feel real good. I'm like, okay, okay, like we back. Yeah. But I love what you said um, about belonging. And mm -hmm. that's another, and I'm learning how much I love Atlanta by talking about Atlanta. But that's another thing that I really credit to growing up here. I mm -hmm. think that Atlanta allowed me to like define where I belong, where I feel like I belong mm -hmm. um, and decide like that there were other aspects of life to belong to yeah. as opposed to what I was being fed like growing up in middle school and high school and what yeah. they said you should be doing because yeah. after high school I decided to take a gap year um, mm. and that's when I was like okay I'm gonna explore the city and what it showed me was like all the opportunity but also all the different ways of life like mm. herbalist and spir spirituality and, and a little like just creativity you meet music artists you meet people that paint you yeah. meet people that play instruments like yeah. it just literally especially given how my childhood was my mom was very like you were at home by this time mm -hmm. and you don't do this mm -hmm. and you don't go here yeah. now I was able to kind of sneak out and do a couple of things come on there. now you know what I'm saying but for the most part she was very I'm glad like, you're here we, just, right, right. We, we just gonna be in this box <laughs> we just gonna be in this box we're not gonna do nothing else yeah. um, but once I was out the box I was like okay what's out here and Atlanta showed me Mm, Elena showed me. I, I bet it did. But it like it allowed me to define myself in a very creative way, and I appreciate that because yeah. I don't think I would have been able to do that otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So tell me how, what, what made you get to the point of actually having this um, infatuation and affinity for yoga? Um. Interesting story. Okay, mm -hmm. so I was an ex executive assistant at an art gallery. Okay. Um, let's see, in 2018, I think. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, just doing my job, whatever. And then she told me, hey, like, uh, I forgot what night it was, but every whatever night, this yoga teacher comes and he hosts a class. Um, the instructor was EJ. EJ, if you see this, I love you. Um, <laughs> but it was EJ. And so she was like, if you want, you can come, you can try. I had never done yoga before. I'd heard of it, but not really. Yeah. I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll try it. Like, I've always been very athletic. So I'm like, I can't suck at it like yeah. I gotta be kind of good mm -hmm. so I went to the class um and loved it mm. immediately. um immediately because one things came very naturally to me okay. um when I was younger I like did gymnastics I did cheer so I was like pretty flexible so like I didn't really know the poses but I could get into them and I could hold them and I was like okay like I'm this cute um the one spin on the class too was that it was a nude yoga class you're lying. I'm serious. <laughs> Your first serious. time? It's my first time, right? This, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. But And I, I'm young and I'm naive and I'm just like, whatever. Okay, cool. Um, now, you didn't have to be nude, of course. It was okay, a choice. That's good, that's good. But, you know. <laughs> that's wild. I know. <laughs> but um, what I will say is that I think having that experience and seeing people like face that challenge mm -hmm. of being that comfortable mm -hmm. um kind of showed introduced me to yoga but also like the like the wellness behind it in okay. terms of like how comfortable are you with your body mm. um but also yoga also teaches you to kind of learn how to balance and like see where your pain is at yeah. and see what poses you can hold and see what poses you might be shaky in so it kind of challenged me to not only do these poses but also get comfortable and intimate with myself mm. which i think kind of was the catalyst of me being like okay well Am I comfortable? Am I uncomfortable? What do I like about myself? What do I dislike about myself? And those questions just kind of led to other questions yeah. where it's like, well, what do I think about myself? What yeah. am I saying to myself? Yeah. Like, then I just became so interested in kind of figuring out what was happening on the inside as opposed to what was on the outside. Because mm -hmm. it was like, I mean, I, I can't even explain it. You kind of just have to do it. Yeah. But being in a space where one there is an option to be just like there yeah mm -hmm. and 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 do things with your body and see what you can do and see what you can't do is intimidating but also uh like relieving in mm -hmm. a way because then it's like this is just me this mm -hmm. is what I can do and this is what I can't and I love that yeah. and I'm not a f like I don't feel like I have to hide that from someone else I mm -hmm. don't feel like I have to cover up um, not to not to take it there but it's like in the Bible when God created the Garden of Eden yeah. and he puts Adam and Eve there and they just doing whatever they do and then they eat from the, the tree of knowledge and then they're like oh I gotta cover something up because this is not what people should see mm -hmm. It's kind of like negating that and yeah. being like, no, like this is how we show up here. So yeah. why is this like a weird thing? Why is this a sexualized mm -hmm. thing? Why do we have to feel away about this? Um, yeah, that class, it, it did a lot for me. So that kind of introduced me Word. to not only my practice, but also like my spiritual practice. I feel it. I feel it. I think it's interesting how, you know, how much fear is in um, freedom and like being 
loose and having some sense of liberation practices and or just liberation being simulated in your life in some way, shape or form, even if it's just when you're alone or when you find that peace, whatever that is, it is interesting how much fear is around the idea of liberation into, from an individual context as well as a communal context. You like, I do think that's interesting that you speak to, you know, it being intimidating, you know? Just that aspect of kind of coming into an environment like that and everyone else, maybe majority of the people in there are very comfortable and you're the one who's kind of like, Mommy! <laughs> and it's like you volunteered to be in this situation. They probably already let you know about this and you still came and showed up because there's some intrigue. And there, I think, we, you know, nothing about us really is trying to, you know, lead us down this path of our, you know, our greatest bad, but truly try to find our greatest good because we have opportunities, we have our own wills. So sometimes we really got to lean into why we are in these spaces and places. And I genuinely believe that, you know, all of our experiences are either going to be a blessing or a lesson, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and we got to move in that way accordingly. Like, okay, I don't know what this is. I'm going to go <laughs> with it. And because you did that, you found a, a whole new, you know what I'm saying, path on life. And, and, and I don't, I'm not sure if you categorize it as, you know, a part of your passion or purpose or whatever, but how deeply connected do you feel like you are to it? Because, you you know, you became an instructor and all these various things. Like, what made it into something that wasn't just an individual practice and more so something that you wanted to inform and help others to experience the same thing? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I... The experience was so community based mm-hmm. um, and it was such a judgment free zone. And the the structure of the space allowed people to see you mm. like the requirements, like not included, like just to be seen, like yeah. EJ was really great in creating uh, one, a positive environment, but also just uh, like a calm environment mm. and a welcoming environment. I love it. And it was kind of my first time being in an environment like that in a group setting. So it's like at the beginning of the practice, we'd kind of just share something positive that happened to us that week. And mm. then we would all like celebrate that, like just go celebrate everybody's thing whatever it was whether it was work or personal or whatever um and that was my first time like seeing that Mm. like one with just a group of black people but um and I know that sounds crazy to say being from Atlanta but I went to school in Marietta and there's not many of us us there so um it was great to see that in a group of black people but it was also great to be a part of that um and I didn't know then but kind of going through the process and just following my own journey, I learned that black people needed that. Like there weren't many spaces where we were just sitting down to congratulate one another or to just share like what we were going through emotionally, how Mm -hmm. we felt. um, And then kind of diving into that being like the yoga practice and like really kind of working through that again through the yoga practice. So over time, I kind of learned that one, I had a skill of meeting people and making them feel comfortable um, and being able to relate to them like 
like you can kind of throw anything at me and I'm like oh well I actually did this and and it kind of ties into what you were saying and I kind of felt like this so I kind of understand where you're coming from that just kind of came very naturally to me Um, and it also took someone else seeing me and then being able to say no you're good at this and I think that you should like keep doing this and I think here's some options of what you could do take it or leave it but I think that you could do it and EJ Mm. did that for me he was like hey I think that you could become an instructor Mm -hmm. here's the place that you could go that they're doing it and then I followed his advice I went to that place the people there like welcomed me Mm. um, and and really like invested into me and allowed me to kind of like build this momentum of like okay well other people see that I can do this let me let me let me keep keep doing it and see Mm -hmm. what happens and then I started like teaching my friends teaching my family and they're like oh like this feels good like your voice is soothing you 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 have a knack for this and I was like all right well let's keep going and now I've gotten to a point where I'm trying to um expand that a little bit further in terms of like hosting wellness events I kind of do everything in my life unconventionally so when you get licensed the first thing licensed to teach yoga the first thing that most people want to do is like go to a studio and teach at a studio for sure and then I was like no I think I'm gonna host like my own classes I'm gonna find different spaces to host them and then I'm just gonna give people mad value I'm gonna give people mind mindfulness tips I'm gonna give people a space to feel comfortable so then I started hosting wellness events mm-hmm. um, and now that's extended to even okay now I have a weekly newsletter like now I'm writing about my experiences and what I'm learning and how I'm bettering myself and where I see spaces and opportunities for me to grow and giving people things to relate to and the more that I do it the more I see that I enjoy it the more that I get good feedback from it and then that just makes me want to do it more because the most one of the most like fulfilling things that I, I do in life is to like have a session with someone and then have them come to me and say well you know I was really feeling this thing and then we did this posture and I cried a little bit yeah. and that felt good yeah. and I don't think I would have allowed myself to cry and you making me like kind of do these things that that made me feel better mm-hmm. or if someone is like oh well you know I don't really work out often I don't think I can do it and they do a couple of sessions and then they're like oh I'm starting to see that I got a little bit more mobility and mm-hmm. I kind of like this and mm-hmm. th- that makes me feel good that yeah. makes me feel like I'm impacting the world I'm making a difference and that's something that's really important to me because that's not what I was finding when I was trying to fit into corporate spaces and yep. trying to hold these jobs I was like I don't feel like I'm doing anything like I don't that's feel right. like yes I'm making money but like I'm not doing anything who cares because damn that's so deep that's so, deep. There's so <laughs> much in that it's so much in that but more than anything being aligned in where your value is and, and knowing how you can distribute that value to other people is such a a beautiful thing you know like i didn't i didn't realize until my friends kind of consistently told me about what i was doing for them as just being their friend, as being a companion, just showing up in the way that I was showing up, that it was something that was valuable enough to create a business from it, value mm-hmm. enough to stick with it as a, you know, a, a creative outlet, you know, i.e. podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kudos to you for, you know, really seeing it through. Thank because you. I think a lot of people um, are sig- get this signifying uh, sign in their life where they, you know, there's a path that you can go down, you know? Yeah. Right, you know, right in here in a, where they host various different exhibits right here at Peter Street Station. 
where I can only imagine that those artists probably seen themselves as children having this neck or whenever it came to them and then never seeing it through, yeah. you know? And this is where you can be. Like, you can get to a point to where you can host your art and people can come see it. And celebrate and, it. And celebrate it and yeah. talk about it and feel and, and feel so much emotion. Like, I, I've always, and I think I've said it on the podcast before, I've always admired, like, authors and, and writers for a reason of being able, because I feel like I've always been able to have the gift of gab and evoke things in person with people. Mm-hmm. Having great conversations in person is a, a, a pastime of mine. But being able to synthesize my thoughts and put it in a, a format where you can e- easily consume it whenever you consume it. Mm-hmm. If you consume it today, tomorrow, a thousand years from now, and it resonates with you, mm, yeah. that feels like so much to me. Yeah. And I, think, I, I think you can make that a same thing with so many other art forms. When it comes to visual art, when it comes to yoga, if you have discovered a certain method or a certain, you know, I guess, sequence of these particular movements that really have, you know, shown to help people who are, you know, dealing with depression, dealing with this and dealing with that. And people are doing that, your thing, doing the Izzy way <laughs> for another hundred more years. Like this is, yeah, just do the Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> down face dog, breathe. No, it's the stand up, warrior pole. Then you're going to be all right. You know, I look, I, 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 I was going to see, I see you. I know, you, some, I sweat in my, vocabulary. I sweat in my ass off. <laughs> I want y'all to do never shit on yoga. It is a workout. Oh yeah, too. <laughs> people, think, people think I'm just gonna jump in. It's just gonna be real cute, and you supposed. To, this is what gets me when I'm watching a TV show, and it's like the girlfriends hanging out, and they go to a yoga thing, and yeah. they're just talking, talking and, the whole time, like yeah, <sighs> right, <sighs> and they're just sitting on the ground, like oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, girl, that is not, that is not what this is. First of all, mm-hmm. there is no talking in the class. You mm-hmm. will get booted out. Yeah. But two. Y'all making it look real easy, and I love that for y'all. But mm-hmm. um, let's let's be realistic. Oh. But I wanted to go back to what you said about value, yeah. um, because I do think that's such an important piece of the puzzle. Um, and I'm very grateful to have had an overall experience where people saw my value, even if I didn't see my value. Mm. But I also feel like that's so common for people to have value, but no one around them being willing to speak on that value and pour into that person and invest in that value. And I feel like that's kind of where people end up going to get a degree and then getting this job and then feeling unfulfilled um, because they don't necessarily like have the one they may not have been taught to see value in themselves Mm -hmm. I grew like was raised in a family that loves me unconditionally and supports me amazingly but they never really shout out to the fam (laughs) but they never really defined what intrinsic value was for me Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that at the time there was a lot of uh, vocabulary or conversation around that so it was probably something that wasn't even understood for sure and it wasn't until recently that I really understood that value comes from a an intrinsic place a spiritual place Mm -hmm. um And then again, like just having a community around me that supports that and that speaks to that, like literally um, me and Ariel, the one that tweeted, we're literally on FaceTime the other day. Shout out to you. (laughs) Um, We're literally on FaceTime the other day. And I just always appreciate our conversations because she's always like, okay, well, yeah, I had this idea about, you know, what you're doing. And I think that you could do this. And and we can just kind of like exchange like that. And I think without having that community, people kind of fall through the cracks and they're not 
not able to define that for themselves, which is another like goal of mine. I want people to be able to recognize that, no, you're valuable. And these trends that we may see in social media, that's not the only way of life. And I want to show you this this way of life, too, because this can get you what you want. And yeah. it probably is going to feel a little bit better. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I just um, shout out to um, just all, all podcasts. I just came into knowledge of this new podcast called The Jaded Form. Oh. And what's interesting about it is they have very productive conversations. I you love know, a besides, productive conversation. Yeah, besides, besides the name, yeah, regardless of the name, because I think it's coming from a place of just feeling like the world has, like, really just given up on just, you know, people. Like, it's, we're just stuck in this, like, stuck in the cog of just, like, life and mundane and just, yeah, just go work for someone else, I give know. all your energy, all of your time, all of your, 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 your magical powers or whatever it is that you are good at, whatever your purpose is, and allow it to be aligned with someone else's purpose and give all that energy to that. I know. And I think that's what so much of our lives have been engineered to be. Yeah. Because, because you're rewarded when you do that. Right. You're rewarded. Financially rewarded. Fin- exactly. You're financially rewarded in that. And so they place the value of you as a person. Into your finances. Yeah. When I tell you this is the year that I have really differentiated between like my fiscal value mm-hmm. versus my internal value. Mm-hmm. And it was the hardest lesson that I've learned ever, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. especially in the climate of what it means to be a woman today. Yeah. That was probably like, that was probably the hardest pill to swallow. Yeah. Because one, other people celebrate when you can, when you're fiscally valuable. Oh yeah, you're, you're important to other people now. When right, when you got some money, immediately. Which I get it, but it doesn't. Again, it doesn't allow you to define your own intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. Like I was literally able to this year with a lot of thought and a lot of conversation, able to say, okay, well, I know that I can make a certain amount of money and I think that's a pretty good amount of money and if I think if someone else were to look at that amount of money they'd be like oh <laughs> you're doing something but in terms of like who I am and what I have to offer people just based off of like me waking up and breathing mm-hmm. I learned that that compared to the amount of money might be a little bit more valuable but I had to be in a space where I separated myself from what fiscal value, like just fiscal value altogether, like put the dollars and cents away. What do I, what do I possess and what can I offer um, other people? It doesn't have to just be a man, my friends, my family, like what do I offer? Um, And being able to kind of be at peace with just that kind of like the guy was saying, when you're just at peace, you can accept things and you can allow things to be as they are is the most fulfilling thing ever. Like, there's no amount of money that can replace the feeling that I get from just knowing, no, I can wake up and breathe and not do anything else. And I, like, it would be worth something. Yeah. Um, Not that you wasted a day. Right. Yeah. Right. Like... And I, I wish that we could kind of get away from that because I feel like a lot of conversations being had on podcasts, mm-hmm. at least the ones that Twitter talks about. Yeah. Everyone is like, okay, as like the main conversations that people seem to have is, okay, well, I'm a woman and I can take care of myself and yeah. I got all this money, so I don't need a man. It's very gender. I'm letting all you know, I need a man. I need a man. Mm-hmm. I want a man. Mm-hmm. Man, come here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'm 
Um, hey, over here. But not for, not even necessarily for the fiscal aspect of it, but we weren't made to be alone. Adam was not made to be by himself. But think about the words you just said. You said want a man, not need. I think that's, I think that's the thing that people are missing. That people all people have placed necessity around um, things that we can make choices on. Like your want can still be very strong, can still be very grounded in what you believe your life's supposed to be, you know, um, because you can choose. You're still in and the aspect of choosing who you're allowing in your life is a choice. It's not a well. If someone is just good on paper, then that you should just allow them in your life. No, do, does this make sense? Are you emotionally compatible with this person? Are you genuinely feeling like this is the person who can be that person that you believe you can be, and also the person you would like to be, the person you want to be? Right. For? Um, I think that. Uh, it's funny how so many conversations are so gendered and kind of put into these, you know, consistent conversations of, you know, gender roles and gender wars and various things, because I always think about this is a real interesting dialogue and discourse that consistently happens to two groups of people who want to end up with each other. Right. But also, I will say <laughs> I will say one thing that I think is an opportunity for everyone and it was definitely an opportunity for me mm-hmm. is to not be afraid to say you need people. Yeah, I think I think you can I think I think the reason why I point that out is because I think now language means everything. Absolutely. I think a lot of people a lot of people are feeling very um unknowingly feeling very triggered by certain aspects. I think a lot of a lot of a lot of women are finding their, you know, finding their voices and finding their, their identities by way of their independence, their passions and so many various things. It's been happening for quite some time, obviously, but black women specifically are really finding what they really, really want to be around and what they want to align themselves with. And I think that for the first time, and I don't think I, I've seen it prior to the pandemic for real, is um, you have more men questioning where they fill in or where they are and how they're showing up. In general or in a woman's life? Both. In general and in women's lives. And I think Why that, just men? I think I think women have been doing it. Oh, so you're saying now men are kinda jumping on the on the bandwagon. And I think that's why it's so much more conversation. Because hmm. because the one thing the only thing I can ever I, I think I said it um around the time that Kevin Samuels uh passed away was um the only thing good that I ever can see coming from the existence of him in the internet space was that this was the first time I can unequivocally say I've ever noticed a bunch of men questioning their identity, questioning themselves. Because I didn't see my grandfather or, or men older than me actually even engaging in that. It was just kind of just a, a very no-nonsense. I'm just going, yeah, I'm just providing. What's the problem if I'm not emotional to you, if I don't cry? Like, you eat, right? It's not even a conversation. It's very stoic. Absolutely. It's, it's very, you know, while now it's very emotional. It's very expressive. And I think that the problem is, is that people are following the wrong people. There's too many of the wrong messengers to kind of try to guide people through this process of finding themselves. Because I think that all black men have a, a particular uh, hole that's really trying to be filled in their identity because everybody else has tried to define us. And I think black women have always kind of started the journey before we did. Because I think it's a the nature of just a, where society has put black women. I think y'all have leaned in on each other, and y'all have and the, some of the greatest of you know greatest minds of black women have given language 
to describe exactly what place in life you're in. You know, when you think about the Bell Hooks and the Toni Morrisons and all those different individuals who have created those languages, I think, oddly enough, podcasting. It's kind of, for some reason, filling that space for a lot of men and not even from those toxic conversations, but people like myself and so many other like podcasters that I know who are doing the work. Have whole podcasts are about you know black masculinity. Whole podcasts are about engaging within community and, and and actually admitting to yourself that you actually hate women and you don't even know why. Mm, you know, yeah. having conversations where you know they're speaking to them as fathers, speaking to themselves as people, and what that means. And so many people are just letting it be known. Like you know, I don't like that. It feels like when I'm not when I retired, I didn't know what to do in my life. Yeah. When I like my purpose was attached to me providing for my family because that's what I've been told I needed to do. And so that's all I cared about. That's all I became proficient in mm-hmm. was being able to make money and provide for people. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering why no one knows what to give me for my birthday because no one oh, really understands my personality. Yeah. And that's what people are re- recognizing. So yeah. they having those conversations and speaking those things out. But I think the language isn't there. And they don't want to engage with a lot of language either. When you talk about emotional intelligence and various things, a lot of men on the internet shut that out. Like, here y'all go with all women and all these psychological terms and <laughs> da da da. And it's like, but that is the thing. You know, that is the thing that you kind of have to address and come to. And um, but I do think it's you know it's interesting, and I, I applaud you know. And I look I look to black women to in so many ways when it comes to. Um, community building, but also just um, kind of feeding into yourself, you know, like finding the things that feed into yourself and, and being okay with whatever the emotions that come out of whatever you're trying to figure out, whatever you're trying to learn, you know? Um, I do want to pivot slightly um, to, I feel like um, the pandemic was very interesting. And I think it was a very uncertain time for so many of us. I would love to know, you know, what your take is on the idea of, you know, grounding yourself in times where, you know, things really may not be, you know, feel like the best thing. It may be the world. It may be your life itself, because I feel like yoga to me has always came to um, came up in, you know, various searches, very various research that I feel like I've done over time uh, when it came to just finding a way to get back to home find a way to to center yourself, you know, to find a way to, you know, bring down the levels of anxiety to rise your, you know, your vibrations and your frequency a little bit higher so you can genuinely just show up the way that you, you know, you want to for you. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that, you know, grounding and what the relationship between grounding and the use of yoga during uncertain times really means? Um, Well, one thing that I think people don't know about yoga is that it's more than just what you do on the mat. It's Mm -hmm. more than just the postures. It's a lifestyle. Mm. Um, It's the way that you breathe. It's how often you are breathing intentionally. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if we paid attention to our breath more throughout the day, we'd have a better gauge on how we feel and when we feel and what makes us feel. Like, sometimes I'll just pause and I'll just... And it's simple, but it is truly, truly, truly life changing because in that moment, then I can say, where is my heart rate at? And are my 
breaths short? Are they quick? Are they long? Am I relaxed? Am I a little anxious? Um, it really just gives you a better gauge on what's going on and when it's going on. Yeah. Um, but also meditation. I preach this in every class that I teach. Meditation is not... I got to get to the quietest room in the furthest room of the house where no one else is. It's literally like just being in the present moment. Like if I were to meditate here, we hear a little bit of cars. Uh, there's some people that may be walking around, but it's just finding my peace yes. amongst what's going on around me. Kind of like the tweet was saying, like accepting the the facts of the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and, just being able to slow yourself down yeah. and accept those things without questioning them, without trying to uh, combat them, without being defensive, without being resistant. Yeah. Um, I always think of it like water, just flowing with the water and not trying to go upstream, mm -hmm. like just going the way that it's going and accept mm. wherever that is and accepting the weather and accept just like there may be some rocks along the way and just letting that just be and being okay with that. And that sounds easy, but it's difficult difficult because it's been a journey that I've been on and I'm a Capricorn and I can be a little impatient. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, I have to check myself a lot. Yeah. Um, but when you do it consistently, when you say to yourself, okay, this is, this is my plan. This is my goal. Uh -huh. And you commit to it and you act on it. Um, it allows you to live a whole different quality of life. Like being able to pause and accept something and submit to something, not even in the way of, Oh, I do what you say bow down, but like, if it's raining outside, not being like, "Ooh, I'm going to think my way into it being sunny. I'm going to think my, I'm going to, I'm going to go up to the sky and I'm going to shut off all the, like just being like, okay, it's raining. What can I do in the rain? What can I not do in the rain? Okay. Accepting that. Okay. What am I going to do now? Like just letting things be and being okay with not being in control of everything and not being God and just accepting things the way they are, even when it comes to yourself, like, if you are a late person, you can notice that, you can recognize that, observe that, um, but you don't have to like bum rush yourself into not being someone that's usually a little bit late. Like first it's just embracing that, like, all right, y'all, like this is how it is right now. I know I'd be showing up 30 minutes late everywhere, but I just show up 30 minutes late everywhere. But then it's like, okay, implementing steps of how to, how to, become better. Maybe I start getting dressed a little bit more. Maybe I tell myself I need to be there 30 minutes earlier so that I'm on time. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of grounding, a lot of slowing down just comes with checking in with yourself, mm. committing to something that you can do on a consistent basis, yeah. um, and having people that hold you accountable, but also holding yourself accountable and mm. being able to call yourself out on the BS that you may or may not be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's funny. I was literally, uh, I'm a big advocate of, uh, of just mental health and therapy. And I was literally, uh, and because of that, I, mean, I don't know how it is for everybody who's in therapy, but maybe it's just my energy. Um, people always be like, well, I mean, I feel like I, talking to you is like enough <laughs> sometimes. And I tell them, I was like, but I'm biased, yeah, you know? And I think that so much of what you will discover when you start to do particular works is that you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You actually have to, you know, admit certain things with yourself. You have to face you. You have to sleep at night with you. You have to wake up with you. You gotta make choices for yourself that are best in your best interest. And I think that a lot of people really genuinely don't know that that's 
what so much stress and, and yeah. like self-inflicted things come Absolutely. from. Absolutely. Like if you if it's like if you have this real groggy feeling, you're really not a morning person. It might have a lot to do with what you got to do every morning. Yeah. You got to get up and go to this job that you can't stand, and your body is like, why would we? Make you ready. Why we make you ready to do this? Five days a week. Seven thirty. What are we doing? We know you don't like it. You you tell us this. Your body, the inside, your internal. You tell that. You say it out loud to people that you feel comfortable to say it to, and then you commence to do it. You smile and grin. And you act like it's fun. You take that money, you come home, and you try your best to find some peace and happiness. But then it also even shows, like, we've all been to Starbucks and had that really just upset barista. Like, you could tell they don't want to be there. For sure. You could tell they're not trying to deal with you, take your order, make your coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that we can observe about ourselves. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times with this pressure of social media, mm-hmm. of of just capitalism, of being in the U.S., it's just like, well, I got to, I got to, I got to. So that I can. It's over sensation. Yeah. But it's like, that's your body telling you something. Mm-hmm. But also, I think um, something that could help is if we, all of us, took a little bit more responsibility for other people's quality of life. Not mm. in the way of, oh, we just need to be responsible for everybody all the time. I get that. But it's like that cranky barista could probably use somebody asking, hey, you, you okay? Like, what you got going on? Like, how's your day so far? Mm-hmm. Instead of like giving that attitude right back, like, oh, I can match energy. Like, no, don't match energy. Like, bring some positivity into the situation because one, that person could probably use it. Mm-hmm. But then it also usually creates like a ripple effect so now they're a little bit happier so now they're serving people a little bit better Mm -hmm. they might mess around and get a lot of tips that day just because of a conversation that they had with you Mm -hmm. but I think we are so far away from doing that because we're so far away from just checking in with ourselves and seeing where we are and listening to that Mm -hmm. like one thing I'm in therapy too shout out to my therapist Um, one thing that my therapist told me that I really really loved is that you know that Beyonce song me myself and I me myself and I are all different parts of us and they're not all the same being and they all attribute to how we act so it's like there's a me which is like my spiritual being Mm -hmm. there's myself which is me my bodily form and then there's I which is my ego Mm. and sometimes me and I gonna come ain't it when she said that (laughs) I sat there I was like oh my god but so that me and I usually have problems because me is like I want to be a kind person I want to invest in people I just want to be so nice and then I am like no I'm Queen B and I want to do this Mm -hmm. and that's it and the Capricorn me is very much like that my Capricorn ego that is is me if you did not know hello Um, but me is actually very kind and very sensitive and very sweet and then myself is gonna is gonna act based off of whoever is winning at the time So if I is like, oh, I'm on 10, I'm up, I'm well rested, and we in here today, I might be a little arrogant because it's that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if me is kind of winning and, and I'm, you know, my spirit is like, no, we out here, I sit down, I'm relax. in control. Yeah, relax. Um, then I might be a very effervescent, you know, graceful, kind mm-hmm. woman, nurturing mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. Um, but it's being able to, one, differentiate that, what your ego is ver- versus what you instinctually, you know, want to do, what the spirit is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, being, being willing to be an active participant. That's I it. feel like we... 
we're always doing something. We're going, we're scrolling, we're liking, we're following, we're subscribing, we're doing so many things like uh, 10 minutes in the morning of silence Still. every day yeah. will change your life. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. One, one, like maybe two, let's say two, <laughs> two physical activities a week yeah. will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, and another thing that people don't know about yoga, it, it, it regulates your nervous system. Mm. It regulates what you feel and how you feel it. Movement in general, like working out, doing weight training that kind of releases some of your stress. Mm-hmm. Um, stretching makes literally, literally makes you feel better. Like people carry pain and don't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Or it's always, oh, my back hurts or my neck or my this or my that. Like we fail to realize why we want to look good and why we want to wear all the designers and why we want to do this and do that. It takes just as much energy to take care of your body and to take care of your mind and to take care of your spirit as it does to work and get a check and go shopping and put it on and go out and take pictures. Like both require energy, both require presence, both require you to show up and do something. So if you invest all your time and all your energy into doing your being is not gonna be very fun yeah which is where we get people having really unsettling feelings and not knowing what to do and feeling so alone and not knowing how to talk about it Ugh. or failing relationships friends or romantic yeah. they require work i agree like I could I could preach about this all day. This is like this is like my thing. But I just there's so much that we could be doing, and this is why I do what I do because I'm like I just want y'all to know this. Yeah. Like whether you take my advice or not, I need it to at least play in the background in your mind That's because true. it's important and it, it's what's gonna sustain us really. Like we don't want humpbacks when we're 60. We don't want to not be able to move. We don't want to 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 be like. Uh, vegetables like we want to live life to its fullest for as long as we can Mm -hmm. but you have to invest in that you You have to take it seriously you have to work towards that like I I don't even think we tend to think far enough to say oh like life could change like life is fun and cute now but I hope it's gonna be just as fun and cute when you can't move when you can't lift nothing when you can't work when you can't go out when you can't travel because your body's not well taken care of or at the end of life like you said you're like people don't really know me that well or I'm really upset and I don't know how to how to tell anybody like so I'm just gonna hold on to it like We have to, these are skills. These are muscles that we have to work and exercise mm-hmm. and build up. And yeah. we can't be afraid of it. Yeah. It, you know, you said something earlier about, you know, the idea of being, you know, being late. And I think it, it, it applies to what you're saying now because something that I had to come into understanding on was um, not trying to overwrite things I didn't like about myself. Oof. But manage them. Oof. You know, like, like oh, I keep trying to like make myself a different person instead of learning to accept things. And that's when, you know, you talk about like things like shadow work and so on and so forth, where you realize like I have unfavorable aspects to me. And instead of trying to rid myself and rid my spirit and rid my energy of those things, I need to figure out why they, why they exist. Yes, where they to, come from, where they started. Yeah, and, how to, and how to, you know, shift down and shift up in, in necessary aspects, you know, because I've given people good examples of like 
just new perspective on an aspect of them that they feel like they just need to get rid of. And I was like, it may come, may become useful at some point. Hey so now. that's the, so it's it's because it's all about the timing. It's all about the what it is. You know, we may need the the fact that you feel like you have a particular attitude <laughs> and everything. <laughs> we might need that one day. On you know what I'm saying? That might come get some on. things done. <laughs> Now. But on the everyday, we yeah, we people we can be we, cool. People we can be cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can be cool. You can understand. But I, I think that um this is beautiful. This is beautiful. You said so much. You said so much. But before, before I let you go, this has been a great conversation. I knew it would be too. <laughs> um, I want to get to the last section of this pod, and that is the send it on call to action segment. Okay. When you hear this, you're gonna hear some nice, good soul food. Instrumental by way of D'Angelo. It's going to sound real good behind my voice and your voice, too. Okay. And so, last question, the call to action is, um, because we've been talking about yoga, but we've also, I think the dope part about these types of practices is that it's, you know, it's it's always more than just the action itself. It's doing so much in your life, you Mm -hmm. know? Meditation isn't just you being quiet and breathing. Yoga isn't just you stretching and, and breathing. Right. Journaling isn't just you writing down random things. It's genuinely doing way more than you can even imagine. So I would love for you to tell people, how could one start even getting a little bit into the yoga of it all at home? Um, YouTube. Okay. Um, or find well I guess YouTube would help you find like someone that can kind of direct you um but it's also what I would pick something that you know that you can stick to so if you're willing to roll out your mat every day and stand in front of your TV or your computer and follow someone then do that but um you can also tap into the other side. So if it's journaling for five minutes in the morning, Mm. journal for five minutes in the morning. If it's doing that 10 minutes of silence Mm. in the morning, do that 10 minutes of silence. Because what that's gonna do is allow you the time and space to one, if you decide to journal, see what and how you're thinking and feeling um, and be able to kind of just observe and figure out what you may need to do based off of that. Um, Doing the yoga in the morning, if you do decide to do postures, will show you where, where you're body may need a little help it may show you where you have pain it may show you muscles that are weak um it may make you a little emotional some poses really do like tap into certain chakras and make you emotional like i've had people cry on the mat i've had people fall asleep i've had people like think of something that they were struggling with and it just not be like anything that i would have thought of and we end up just talking about it and figuring it out like um And then if you decide to just do the 10 minutes of stillness in the morning, that's going to allow you to attract um, certain thoughts or certain ideas or uh, certain understandings that you may not have been able to attract in your in your day to day. So I say pick something that you can stick to, either a posture, um, either an action like journaling or um, just allowing yourself to be for a period of time every day mm-hmm. and then challenge yourself to stick with it, whether it be a 30 day challenge, a 90 day challenge, whatever it may be, and just and see how it unfolds and see what it leads to and and take it from there. I love that. I love that. I love that. Let everyone know how they can support you, Izzy, how they can keep following you and supporting everything that you do. 
Um, okay, well, uh, on Instagram, it's just my name. I it's long, so <laughs> sure. yeah, put, put it put it below. Go ahead, um, but it's just Izzy Jaisimi. That's it. Um, that's also my website. You can subscribe to my newsletter. You can attend some of my events. Um, you can book sessions with me, private sessions, group sessions, um, or maybe you can find me on more more podcasts. Episodes. Come on, now. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Now you can see all of. Uh, the links and all the things to keep up with Izzy right under the description of this episode. You can follow me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs uh, on all platforms. Go follow me on TikTok. It's going great on TikTok. I'm loving it. Loving the place. They're they loving me over there. I like it. <laughs> uh, make sure you uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at Life is King. Um, and check out all of my services with either in the realm of digital marketing as well as creative production at lifeisking.com. Uh, follow the podcast at Simply King Pie on IG and Simply King podcast on Facebook. This has been the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. I've been Rodney Perry. This has been the incomparable, the graceful, Izzy <laughs> Jayasimi. I got it right that time. You did! <laughs> that was really nice! Let's go. And this has been Simply King. Peace.